Oh, let's love him tonight. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Jesus, we Praise love the Lord, church. Isn't it great to be here tonight, to be in the presence of the Lord, and to feel this Jehovah Jireh working for us and among us. Got your Bibles, 1 Peters 2 and 12. 1 Peters 2 and 12. Uh, the Lord has been with us, no doubt, tonight, ministering and working on our behalf. It's good to see each one of you, amen, in the house of the Lord tonight to come worship Him and give Him glory and praise. Let's pray for, there's several that's uh, battling against the flu and some small children. So we want God to minister and to touch them. Amen. God would be with them. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. First Peters 2 and 12. Having your conversations honest among the Gentiles. That were as they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works. Which they shall behold. Glorify God in the day of his visitation. To glorify God in the day of his visitation. <laughs> I'm still going to be preaching about the king of glory belongs. And he belongs in our lives. It belongs with us on a daily basis as a testimony and a witness of his presence in our lives. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you so much. We're so thankful for another opportunity to be in the house of God, to join together with our brothers and sisters of like precious faith. As you reach and have reached into this house tonight to minister and to strengthen and to give guidance into hearts and souls and lives, we're asking your God to help us the next few minutes to bring forth your word tonight in a way, in a manner that the hearts and the souls and lives that's in this place tonight and across these airways can hear the word and receive it. It would change them, God, into who and what you desire them to be. All the glory and praise and honor is going to be lifted unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you and you may be seated. Sister Myra, it's good to see you tonight. God bless you. Come to be with us tonight. God bless you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> the visitation. Hmm. Some may have thought we might have missed it at the starting of this service. Brother Josh had mentioned about the visitation. And then Brother Ford said a few things in leading of this service has helped me to know that that uh, we're, we're online here tonight and hopefully can say something here tonight to help us to really understand what's unfolding and taking place even in our hour and time and season. Uh, many of you have to agree with me that we're living in some very difficult times. Brother Ford just mentioned prior to me stepping to this pulpit to pray for our community and pray for the things, the different things that's going on around our community, even among us who would have ever dreamed when, uh, from Sunday morning that we would have two brothers leaving two families of this local assembly with uh, massive heart attacks. And, and uh, so these type of reports and then the, the times that we're living and the world that we're living and even seeing the direction of our nation and what it's longing and desiring to become, a man no doubt stirs something in anybody that knows anything about the Bible, that knows anything about living for God, living righteous and godly lives, that we're not headed in the right direction, but yet we're headed in the wrong direction. And there's many that's, that's, that's probing and longing and desiring to go in that direction. And so living for God, amen, and living the lifestyle that we believe in and practice and believe that uh, you ought to live to, to be pleasing to God and fill with the Holy Ghost and walk in the powers of His beauty of holiness and righteousness. It's going to be contended like never before. It's going to be warred against and battled against. And, and so there is a lot of things unfolding. I will try the best of my ability to make a little sense out of this focus verse that I'm using here tonight. But we're going to go back to a particular chapter in the writings of Job, the 10th chapter. 
We know the life of Job. We know how that what he suffered, what he experienced, and what he was going through, even the time that's written in this 10th chapter. We know that Job, that most believes it's the oldest book in the Bible, in the times is, is of Job. And so, you know, where would you and I be tonight if we didn't have the book of Job in the Bible? How we, we would be able to go back and look at things and circumstances and situations and how to deal with life at times and how to deal with heartaches and disappointments and possibly struggles that we're not real sure about because we don't quite understand what's unfolding because as Brother Ford mentioned the other night we're looking through a darkly glass and he's mentioned a couple of times a night that we don't understand everything and we can't put a dot on everything and we can't place our hand on everything so it brings us back to that place where we've mentioned the last few services amen we're a people and a children that walks by faith and not by sight our trust is in God when the odds are against us our trust is in God when our prayers are not answered the way we were hoping and praying that they would have our trust is in God amen when it feels like and everything is crumbling out from under us and it looks like and everything we place our hands out seems to go the opposite way when our trust is in God when we find ourselves in the same condition in the same scenario as Job but maybe not to the extreme but a likeness and a, an example or a pattern unto it and so there's got to be something that's going to hold us there's got to be something that's going to sustain us and it can't be gotten out of this world it can't be gotten out of your courts it can't be gotten out of education it can't be gotten out of medication it can't be gotten by any resource or from the devil or from darkness or from lying tongues hallelujah the only one place you're going to find that is the comforting securing powers of your God that loves you with an everlasting love that promised you that he'd never leave you nor forsake you and so with the help of the Lord here tonight I hope to make a little sense out of this topic this subject because it deals with the glory of God I'm a firm believer that nothing can rob you of the glory of God. I didn't get those scriptures, but we can go to even Paul's writings as he talks about different times, amen, when we're, we're tested and tried and seem like we're knocked down and we're cast aside and we're done one way or another. But you know what? We're not defeated. We're not overcome. Thank God, even when death grips these bodies, it's just to come. We got hope, amen, not just in this world, but in that one to come. So, amen, springing off of even that, it doesn't matter where we're at, what trials we're in. Hallelujah, we got one that's going to help us through it all. Amen. When nothing else seemed to help us, I tell you, God can. In fact, I got my mind made up. I'm not going any other place. I'm not looking for any other area. I'm going to find my comfort. I'm going to find my peace. I'm going to find my strength. I'm going to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not looking for another avenue for strength. I'm not looking for another avenue for comfort. I'm not looking for another name, another gospel, another experience. Hallelujah. I know I I'm satisfied, I'm persuaded, I'm convinced tonight he's going to see the church through. And so as you go to Job, the 10th chapter, and as you begin to observe and watch, and I said a little bit about Job. Now we know the first verse that's written about him, some very powerful things we find out about Job. We find out that he's perfect. We find out that he's upright. Amen. We find out that he fears God. That's one of the part of the topics that we're talking about the last few nights. Fearing God. It's the beginning of wisdom. Hey, all this comes together. All of it ties together. All this brings the glory of God. All this brings the presence of God. Because the glory of God, you can't have the glory without the presence. Hallelujah. And so we're, we're, we're determined, amen, to walk more in the presence of God than we ever have. We don't wait just for Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. But we're going to do it in the highways and the byways. We're going to do it at the hardware stores. We're going to do it at Walmart. We're going to do it riding up and down the highways. Hallelujah. We're going to play gospel music. We're going to love worship God. It doesn't matter if we enter automobiles. It doesn't matter whose house we go to, what place we go to. We're going to bring the glory of God. And you know what? The glory of God's not acceptable. We're not going. 
I'm not about to try to drag the glory of God to worldly events. Hallelujah. No, no. I'm going to take the glory of God where God, amen, feels comfortable and welcome. Hallelujah. Because if he's not welcome, if he's not believed on, he knows how to put some M-Robs in that situation and bring deliverance to himself. Well, how about that? <laughs> well, he does. <laughs> I, I got book. It's in there. So watch what happens here. When you get start looking and, and, and watch this, even in that first verse, we, we excuse evil. He shined. That's what that word means. He avoided evil. And then we begin to hear about being the richest man of the East. We begin to hear about him having seven sons and three daughters. That tells me that we can live for God, be pleasing to God, be perfect, upright, fear God, and even keep our hands and our lives off of evil and wickedness and ungodness. Amen. And yet live for God and God bless us to the point that we're the richest man in the East. You know the story in those first two chapters, what unfolded when the sons of God visited the Lord God. And how that Lucifer, the devil himself, was there in the temp. You know the story. So let's go to the temp chapter. The three, the three that came as friends in this discussion begins to unfold. But here in this temp chapter of Job, I'm gonna, we're just going to go through it for just a minute. I believe you're going to see here that Job... Amen. As he began to deal out of this particular chapter here. And he tried to uh, adjust himself and uh, arrange himself in a way even that would be pleasing unto God. And, uh, but, but just watch what he does here. He says, my soul is weary of life. Anybody ever dealt with pain on a daily basis? Anybody's ever dealt with heartaches on a daily basis? Amen. And now that this, and I've heard it, uh, you know, I don't know. And it's one of them areas where, uh, you know, different Bible scholars got different opinions. And some says, Job, it took this over a year. I, I do remember Brother McCain making the statement out of this pulpit one night, preaching on Job. And he said it was three years. Amen. Studying the scholars and things of that nature, it doesn't really matter. None of us want to experience a week of that, to be honest with you. Hallelujah, or a day of that. Most of us couldn't have handled a man from the second or the third report. We may not have got through the first one. And, and I'm not being cruel and harsh here. I'm just telling you it was overwhelming. It was overtaking. Amen. I mean, so, so we understand why Job would feel as he does in this 10th chapter, being weary with life. Amen. Even regretting and wishing the day he hadn't have been born to things of that nature. Hallelujah. But thank God he never thought of, of suicide. He never, he never even, he never even listen to his wife and, and please I'm being merciful there because who knows you know I put myself in all those places and characters and I just have to sometimes wonder how I would handle that and, and sometimes I, I just believe those characters done a good job but anyway she, she told Job hey man why don't you just curse God because that's really what it was all about and so what you're going to watch and what you see unfold after that second chapter hey man you don't really see where it's Satan himself but Satan begins to use individuals to speak to Job to challenge Job and try to persuade Job that the best thing you can do is curse God and die. Amen. If you're not careful, what would happen to us when we become offended and we get in battles at certain seasons of our lives? If we're not anchored down, if we don't, if we're not sold out to God, to the power of God, that's when the enemy will slip in and we'll start saying, you know what? I just don't think I'll go to church. I, they don't care nothing about me anyway. I, I don't think they care anything about me, don't love me. So, so I, I, I'm telling you something here tonight. If you'll sit up and listen to me tonight, I'm telling you that God's going to help us because we're going into a season. We're going in a time and we've been, no, it's been going to come. But I'm here to tell you there's been a visitation in Bendale, Mississippi. There's been a visitation by the Messiah. I know the one that can sustain us and keep us. It doesn't matter what comes our way. It doesn't matter how the big storm is. It doesn't matter how many storms it is. It doesn't matter who, who's breaking the storms. I'm telling you there's one abiding in us that will sustain us. So here he is. He says, now, now he's, he's basically he starts open up and free expressing himself, okay? I will leave my complaints upon myself. 
I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, do not condemn me. I believe he knew how to approach God. I knew, I believe he, he understood in his relationship. Now, now Job didn't have the Holy Ghost. But apparently he had some form and manner of, of communion with him. Because God knew him. And Job knew God. Now Job knew him not as you and I, as, as we know him as a Messiah. God, Job knew him only as a God, a deity. A power, a presence, a voice. That's how he knew him. So now as he addressed him, he says, I will say unto God, do not contend me. Show me whether thou contendest with me. Why are you struggling with me? Why are you opposing me? Job, in his situation, he doesn't ever give the devil any credit whatsoever for the attack and what was going on around him. Because he believed in the sovereignty of God. And he believed that whatever was happening in his life, both good and evil, it came by the hand of God. Now that may not make sense to a certain, but it does. Because the devil can't do anything unless God allows him. <laughs> God himself wasn't actually making the bidding and, and the making decisions of how to attack him. But it was God that told Satan, I'll take my hands off. I'll remove the heads off around him. And I'll let you, amen, attack him whatever way you want to. Except you can't touch his body or take his life. But outside of that, how you want to attack, it's wide open. <laughs> Anybody want to be a Job? We want to know God. We want God to know us. And so, as we watch him, contend this with me. It is good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress. You know what he's asking? God, does this please you? Is this good? Is this is this? Where I'm at, what I'm contending, my condition. Are you getting any pleasure out of this, God? That thou should have despised the works of thy hands and shined upon the counsel of the wicked. Watch him. I'm shaped and formed. He's going to go on more into that detail in just a few minutes and a few verses. But I'm your creation, God. You see where I'm at? Are you pleased? But, but you're going to smile on the wicked and bless what they're doing, the labors of their hands? A lot of people think it's because they got big paychecks and good paying jobs. And please, none of you has got them. Don't take this wrong. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm just telling you there's some heathens out there, amen, to think they're on top of the world and they're doing a lot of things. And boy, they got it. But you and I know that there's those, that, amen, that went out among them that almost, almost slipped to what? They got back to the house of God. How often it's when we get back to the house of God and we get our heads back on right, get our focus back right, amen, that you know what? We're blessed above all of them. They can have all that and they can be blessed and we want, it. We want to bless others with it. But you know what I'm trying to say here, amen. If I, if I got to sell out there, I'm going to tell you something. I believe there's a lot of people, amen, and I'm, I'm going to keep on working toward that. James called us a, that the gifts that comes from God. All the good gifts come from God. I believe all the talents and skills and abilities to accomplish and achieve things upon this earth, upon every man, upon every woman, every single one of them, amen, comes from God. I believe that all those gifts and talents and ability, amen, is given to you by God and they're without repentance, amen, and you can't repent over them, you can't, you can't just hand them back. No, it's up to you and I, amen, to give them to the kingdom and to the work of God and for the glory of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what it might be and where it comes from, it's all about this kingdom. It's all representing his name. The callings, amen, and the giftings are without repentance. 
I know we look at that as callings in the church of the fivefold ministry, but I beg the difference with you. I believe it's a calling and gift and your talents and ability in any fashion or form you can serve the kingdom of God. God didn't make you great welders and carpenters and electricians and plumbers and all these other things, amen, for, for your own glory. He got it, amen, so you can glorify the kingdom and glorify God. Amen, amen, amen. You can't become rich being lazy and sorry and no good. I mean it. You watch a lot of them, it's made it. <laughs> they, they also send their children. Now, they don't all make it. Some of them sport brats and some of them make a mess of their lives. Some of them lose the family's businesses and right on. But those are successful year after year. <laughs> Man, anyway, I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> so goes from that he says has thou eyes of flesh or seest thou as man seeth come on folks we've all been there we want to get to looking around at this one and Paul warned us about that but well they get to drive new automobiles they, 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 they seem to get, get promotions and man it just seemed like everything they, they get into and I don't never see them in prayer meetings. I don't, they, they never early to church. And, huh. In fact, they was listening to some old crazy music. Well, I'm meddling now. Ain't I? I ain't never walked in and caught them reading the Bible. I've never slipped in and caught them praying. Huh. Well, I'm going somewhere. Y'all just watch what's up. I believe God's helped us with this. So he's questioning God. He's asking him, you know, is he like a man? Do you see things like man see it? Do you, you judge it like a man? Do you? It's, watch him. He goes on. He says, are thy days as the days of a man? Are they limited and short? And remember, this was mentioned. This was just mentioned. In fact, if you go to Job 14 and 1, it's Job that made this, this statement right so popular. A man's days are short and what? Full of trouble. <laughs> it's like, a, it, you talked about it, he said it's like a flower. Amen. It's here and it's gone. Just, just a little time. Are thy years as a man's days? That thou inquirest after my iniquity, that you're searching out for my iniquity, that you're looking for my sin. Watch the next statement. Thou knowest that I am not wicked. God, you know I've done right. God, you know I'm doing my best. God, I'm living this godly and holy in this, in this broken, corrupt world. Among the broken, corrupt people, I'm doing my best to hold to the standards. I'm doing my best to pray in day in, day in, and day out. I'm doing my best to provide for my family. I'm doing my best to be the vessel you're calling me to be. There is none that can deliver. Watching. There is none that can deliver, deliver out of your hand, God. The whole time now, he never gives the devil the credit. And one of the first things we're prone to do when things don't go the way we think they ought to go, we want to give the devil the credit. Y'all going to be a little slow on me tonight, ain't you? That's all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, we've all done it. I've done it. We think the devil's so big sometimes, and we think the devil's so mighty. I'm not trying to be whatever about it. I tell you, the biggest thing he's gotten for him, going for him, he's, he's, he's subtle. He knows how to use trickery. He knows how to deceive. 
outside of that, everything of what the two years is built on sand and on a lie. And it's going to crumble down. If he gains the whole world, it's still going to crumble out from under him. And just like he snatched down a third of those angels, hallelujah, the, the world is going to fall in the same pit. Amen. Because he lied and deceived them. And they're going to look on him at the end time and say, is he the one that deceived nations? You and I don't have to be deceived. You and I have got to have our minds made up that we know it, God. We know him by his spirit. We know him by his name. We know him by his word. We know him by his righteousness. We know it because we've been called out. We've been called out of darkness. We've been called out of him and all of that other man. There is a God living on the inside of us that's going to hold us and keep us. Watch what he does. Thy hands, thy hands have made me and fashioned me together round about. Yet thou dost, thou dost, talking to God now, thou dost destroy me. You got to remember now, he's got them old clay. He's scraping them balls, buddy. He's got ten fresh graves, seven sons and three daughters. He's got a wife that's looking at him like, come on. Why don't we just get this over with? Why don't we just get this behind us? Why don't you just curse God? Quit, quit, quit fighting. Quit holding against the opposition here. Just cave in. Just give up. And I'm telling you, that spirit's working on the Pentecostal church in the hour and the day that I'm living in. Hallelujah. Just give up holiness. Give up living right. Just go to the places of the world and do your thing. Oh, no, honey. Hallelujah. There's something on the inside of this old country boy. I I ain't gonna find no entertainment out there. I don't find no drawing tractions out there. All I see out there, amen, is heartaches and disappointments and troubles. Hallelujah. This is the place I'm gonna find help. This is the place I'm gonna find comfort. This is the place I'm gonna find help when I can't find it any other place. Amen. And so he goes on. He says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Remember, I beseech thee. That thou hast made me as the clay. Will thou bring me into dust? Will you crush me and bring me back down to dust? I was clay. The difference between the dust and the clay is the water. Called the Holy Ghost. Called the Spirit of God. The only way you and I become clay and vessels of honor, we got to get out of that dust mentality. We got to get out of those dry mentalities. We can't afford to have dry services. We can't afford to have dry prayer meetings. We can't afford to have nothing dry when it comes to the glory of God, the power of God. That's the reason the glory of God wants to walk with us on a Monday and a Tuesday as any other day of the week. I don't serve just a Sabbath day God, honey. I don't wait to Wednesday night to have church. I don't wait to Sunday morning and Sunday night to have church. I don't wait them times even to have a Holy Ghost hold down. We can have them all we want to in between. Praise God. He goes on. Hast thou not poured me out like milk and courted me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh and hast fixed me with bones. You're the one that created me, God. You're the one that fashioned and formed and made me. But watch this next verse. Here's the verse. This is the reason I'm using the chapter right here. Thou hast granted me life and favor. Thy visitation has preserved my spirit. I don't know exactly just how God related and talked to Job. And I know, I know in this scenario and time of his life and season of his life, he'd done search for God before him, behind him, and side to side and couldn't find him. But he already held the promise that Paul wrote unto us. I'll never forsake you, never leave you. I can't feel you, but God, you promised you, you wouldn't leave me. Hallelujah. I may not can feel you. Maybe you feel like a million miles away. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand in the promises of the word of God. I'm going to stand in the commandments of the word of God. I'm going to stand, amen, in the power of your spirit. When I don't have the physical ability, I'm going to find help for the Holy Ghost. When I can't find soundness for my mind, I'm going to find it in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to, be, to my wits end. I'm not going to become crazy. I'm going to become the child of God. 
I'm digging tonight, sweetheart. Hallelujah. Some of you about to lose your mind. Some of you about to lose your heart. But I'm giving you a remedy tonight that's in the Holy Ghost. It's always been there. When you use the word visitation, it simply means care. Care. I promise you. The God that fills our hearts and our lives. He cares. He cares. Preserved simply means a man to keep something as it is. As it is. Hear it. Especially in order to prevent it from decaying. Or a man to protect it from a man becoming damaged. Jesus Christ himself taught us. Not to fear the man that can destroy the body. But to fear that one that can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Hallelujah. The devil can use whoever he wants to. And he can bruise and bang up and cut his whole body and even rob it of life. But there's something on the inside of this earthen vessel. And there is a kingdom, a man. And there is a God will always bring vengeance. And he'll take care of it in his moment and in his time. So regardless of what comes my way, regardless of what I got to encounter, amen. And that's what Peter was talking about. Amen. As we live godly in this world and the evil sayers and those that hate God and those that hate holiness and righteousness they're going to rail and they're going to say things but because you held on because you stayed with it and because you found a comfort in the Holy Ghost and helping the power God to sustain you and bring you through there's going to be a glory there's going to be a glory on this entire church like it is in the book of Acts Read about it. Read about that book of Acts. The persecution, the railing, the heartaches and the disappointments. But also read about the wonders and the signs and the pouring out of the Holy Ghost and the thousands, three and five and multitudes being born again. <laughs> Anybody believing in that latter rain? <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. I know I'm, I'm my time, but I'm, give me just a moment. Luke's writings with Jesus. He's talking about coming to Jerusalem. And as he looked upon Jerusalem, amen, he, he, he longed. He, he would love for them to have been brought to him and blessed. And, and so uh, as we look at this and, and watch some things happen, I, I'm going to take just a minute if you don't mind. It's 8.30, but if you would, just give me just a moment. In Luke 1, and through 79, this is a prophecy that came out of Zacharias. Zacharias is the father of John the Baptist. I want you to listen to this prophecy that was prophesying, amen, about the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And he hath raised up a horn of salvation for us into the house of the servant of David. Now they denied him and rejected him, but not you and I as Gentiles and heathens or any of them that believed in the gospel and believed in the Messiah. This is what was going to unfold. He said, amen. He visited them who through who? Through Jesus Christ, through the Messiah to do what? To give us power, to bring us salvation, to give us a name that's above every name. He lacked it into horn. Anytime you read in the Bible about a horn, it's about authority and about power. Honey, there's a power and authority that took up a bold in us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to iterate again. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. It can't be a make-believe. It can't be a pretender. Because the times are going to tell the difference. The seasons are going to tell the difference. When the end comes, you've got to tell the difference between the tares and the wheat. You've got to tell by the glory that's on the head. You've got to tell by the countenance that's on the head. Woo, somebody hear me in this house tonight. God's got it. God's got it. You and I just got to make up our mind. We're going to get it. I won't read the rest of that. That's, that's your homework assignment. Go back and read that. Look at the part, amen. The, the seven, let me hit this one, though, the 73rd verse. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. 
You know what that oath was? Go back to Genesis 22, 15 and 18. And you know the part of those scriptures, you know what it said? That we would possess the gates of our enemy. If I possess those gates and control them, then the enemy going to do what I open up to him. Yeah, you can close the gate on carnality if you want to. You can close the gate on man unbelief if you want to. You can close the gate in the devil's face if you want to. If you'll submit yourself to God and resist the devil, you can shut him down. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, in this house. I'm telling you, some of you better get awakened in your spirit, not mind. The devil's eating your lunch. The devil's eating your soul. And you got to wake up. Man, I got something I want to bring out right quick. Luke 13, 34, to let you know from the very beginning, Brother Josh said what he said. Luke 13, 34, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brew under her wings, and he would not. Matthew 23 and 37 says basically the same thing. And then the 35th verse of Luke says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, Ye shall not see me until the time come. Ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You know what happened? They miss the visitation of God. They miss the visitation of the Messiah. They miss the opportunity they had. Hallelujah. It's not a time to miss the visitation of God. Every service is important. It might be Wednesday night and I might, I have compassion to you. I appreciate you coming but we can't come in here and let excuse, amen, that I've been busy for three days and I've been running from Dan to Bathsheba and all I can say is you better start taking some stuff off the list and I'm not talking about church things. I'm talking about worldly things. I'm talking about carnal things. I'm talking about weights. You get enough weights so it don't have to be sin, honey. It can be weight to call you to miss the visitation of God. He's got you weighed down and distracted and you won't even know that God walked right by you with your miracle, with your deliverance. God's not mandated to come back either. God doesn't have to. God's not, not once he made the visit. He done his part. It's up to you and I have enough hunger and thirst and passion about us. We don't want to miss the visitation of God. <laughs> Another five minutes, please. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Ruth, when you look at Ruth. You can see a time there when she went to Boaz and as he answered her, man, whenever uh, he showed, he says, hey, it hath been fully shown to me what thou hast done unto thy mother. Mother-in-law, watch this, since the death of thy husband. It wasn't why she just had a, now you think about this a second. Ruth. Father-in-law had passed away. Her husband had passed away. Her brother-in-law had passed away. And she wants to cling to Naomi and go with her God? Something don't look right about that picture. But yet there was something in old Ruth that knew in the conversations, in the visitations. Could it be that they had prayed 
and sought God and, and felt after God enough that she knew, hey, there's one because now she had reached the point and place. Naomi, I want your God to be my God. Wherever you go, I want to go. Wherever's your home, whatever's your place, amen, ever how you dress, ever how you talk, hey, that's what's wrong with this world today. They don't want to come to the church and be changed. They want to come to the church and change the church. They want the church to be like them so they would be without guilt and condemnation. That's the reason they want to do away with Jesus. And that's the reason they want to do away with vessels, amen, that's got the Holy Ghost and walking in the power of God. Amen. But Peter says, if you'll just hold on, if you'll just endure it to the end, there's a glory waiting on you. There's a visitation waiting on you. There's a deliverance coming, honey. It's going to be worth every fight. It's going to be worth every struggle. In that moment, in the twinkle of an eye, when we're snatched out of this world and meet God in the cloud. Why don't we just come together? I, I know my time's up. Why don't we just come Let's come up this front a minute. Let's talk to God a minute. The musicians come and let's play a little something. And folks, I believe everybody in here, we, we don't want to miss the visitation of God. I believe everybody in here wants to be saved. I believe everybody in here wants that same power, that same resource abiding within you and keeping you and helping you. Go back to that focus first now. Having your conversations at your conduct, honest among the Gentiles. Folks, we got to live honest before them. You got to live clean before them. You can't act like they act on the work, on the, on the job, folks. You can't have a bad attitude and a bad spirit and want to cuss people out. And, and sometimes you don't have to use vanity to do that. Right slamming of doors. Stopping the feet. I tell you right now. I can tell you, I can tell you, something wrong with your prayer life and something wrong with the Holy Ghost. I'm not being ugly. I'm just simply telling you, if you stay prayed up and stay in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, I'm telling you, you won't, you won't throw temper tantrums. You won't, get, you won't get your feelings. You won't walk around with your feelings on your shoulders and hurt about every little thing. Because why? we're soldiers in the kingdom of God. We expect fiery darts. We expect resistance. We expect this kind of stuff. It doesn't surprise us. So let them mock. Let them ridicule. But there's something inside of us. The devil can't take it. The world can't take it. And neither can any other individual take it. <laughs> you just got to have your mind made up. I'm going to live for you, God. I'm going to live for you. If I got to do it all by myself, I'm going to live for you. Come on, Job. He didn't have no children to help him. He didn't have a pastor to help him. He didn't have a church to help him. All he had was God. The visitations of God in his spirit that sustained him, that kept him, that in that season and time of his life, he didn't lose his mind. Neither did he charge God foolishly or sin with his lips. And in all of that turmoil and heartaches and disappointment. See, I deal with a lot of people think that when you become a Christian, that you should never deal with no problems and heartaches and, and things of this nature. And if we're not careful, we'll get in a little pouting room somewhere. Hey man, look at the man of God, Elijah. One note from Jezebel, amen, sent him running to a cave and God had to come with a steel small voice. Hey buddy, I'm not through with you. That Jezebel ain't nothing. Don't pay no attention to that stupid letter. She ain't got no more pride what I give it. In fact, hey man, you'll see the day when she's trampled under the bare feet. Come on now, ladies and gentlemen. We're not a defeated foe. We're the most victorious thing on the earth. I'm also, we're the most powerful thing on the earth. Some of you need to turn the light on. I tell by your countenance and expression here tonight, you need to turn the light on. You can't be in love with darkness and love with God. You can't eat from the tables of the devil and eat from with joy the tables of God. Can't serve two masters. I preached on every Sunday night. Two loves can't rule in our lives. Can't do it. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. But if you'll love him, his love will sustain. I, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you it's not painless. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm just telling you here's the answer. 
for the times that we're coming into and the seasons we're coming into. It's going to be the Holy Ghost that's going to keep us. I'm not going to depend on our government. They can do what they want to. I'm not going to depend on our government. But I'm going to go a step further than that. I'm not going to depend upon myself to be smart enough and talented enough and got enough money stored up enough money enough food stored up enough ammunition stored up enough guns stored up enough of this stored up enough of that the only thing you and I need to store up is the Holy Ghost and the promises of God because that's what will sustain you that's what will get you through the, through the darkness and, and through the uncertain hours and time it's that amen that will come shining through amen when you're sitting in places of dying he knows exactly where I'm at you fashion me you fire me I belong to you God if you really think about that I belong to you God it's your business to make me victorious if I say obedient if I love your commandments and that's the problem with Job here God I know I've lived for you he said you know I've done done any wicked thing there was no wickedness found in me but it was the, the presence of God. Twelfth verse, 15th verse says this. If I be wicked, woe unto me. And if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion. I just don't know, God. I just don't understand why I'm having to. Come on, there's some of us there. I'm in the Holy Ghost now. I don't understand why I'm, I'm, I'm not. But you just hold on. And you just stay faithful to God. And old glory is going to bring you out. She always has and she always will. She'll never fail you. You just hang on to it. You just hold on to it. I don't care how big the devil is. I don't care how much he screams in your face. I don't care how mighty, how many threats he gives you. I'm telling you, God can put a hedge around you. God can shut it down. God can shut it down in five seconds. God can shut that devil down. I'm telling you, in a moment of time. You don't believe it? Ask Mordecai. Ask Mordecai. Ask the Apostle Peter. Time after time, we serve the same God of this book. You know what? We want to represent His glory. There's a price tag with it. We love you tonight. God bless you. Let's just pray and sing for just a minute here.
trust you tonight. We're going to trust you, God, in this hour, this season of our lives. As you let your glory, God, as you let your presence, as you let your mighty touch into the heart and the souls of your people here tonight. As you touch this church with your touch. As you bless them with your glory, God. As you shine your anointing upon every soul in this house. Upon every life and every heart. Lord, here we are, loving you, worshiping you, calling on you, God, to touch the souls and hearts and lives and families of this church and in this community, God. Send it. Send it unto each soul. Send it unto each life. Do it by that wonderful name of Jesus. Send it to us, God. survive without it we won't win the race we won't win the battle without his glory and we can't have his glory without his presence if you and I just keep walking in his will his presence is going to show up and his glory is going to show up let's trust God like we've never trusted him Lean not on our own understanding, but let's lean on Him. Put our confidence in Him. Let's hold to the end. The writer talks about it. The confidence we had when we first started out. When we first started in this race. Come on, you remember. You felt like you could swing over hell on, with a, on a wet noodle. You felt like, man, it didn't matter what coming and going. It didn't matter who. That's what you got to keep stirring. That's the passion. That's the affection. Amen. Because God, God's with us. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. We really do. Appreciate all the families of this church. So don't forget Friday uh, from 10 to 11, it's for the family. And then from 11 to 12, it's for all. This is a James funeral. It's going to be right here. Man, he'll be buried back here. And uh, the funeral actually start at 12. Okay? family from 10 to 11 and then from 11 to 12 all the visitors and then funeral start at 12 okay ladies you've been notified and those that help us out fixing for them friday that would be much appreciated please remember sister joy sister mild at the passing of john and uh, the situation with them at god would just keep them and bless them others around us folks it's a time to be praying Man, we need God. We need the hand and the voice and the presence of God leading us, guiding us, and helping us to encourage and uplift one another. Folks, if we'll just pull together, we can make it. Let's do it. God bless you. Appreciate you. Any other announcements? Sister Mallory. That's right. Ladies, fun night tomorrow night, 7 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Sister Brooke wanted to meet with the with any of the parents or young people that might be interested, uh, she can tell you. Just meet with her in a few minutes in the fellowship hall. She'll let you know, okay? Amen. All right? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.